cricket podcast that doesn't do a podcast after the third test at Headingley, but does one after the fourth test at Old Trafford, with Australia having retained the ashes. There you go. I'm, hello, I'm Adam. Uh, joining me, Russ and Rich, making his long leg podcast debut. Uh, good evening, gents. Hello, mate. Good evening. Finally got to invite me on. I know, yeah. We've, it's like... It's like um podcast crossover isn't it it's eternal podcast crossover that's what we do basically you're, we don't know any other people yeah you're gonna have to come on <laughs> at some point adam you know you're gonna have to come on all over right yeah i got offered doug asked me once to come on i don't know how desperate you were that particular evening like how many people had said no um and i would have done um, do you know anything about rugby adam mm-hmm. I, I would say I watched quite <laughs> a bit no. in the early 90s. It's going to be a long-winded no. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty much. I I sort of watched the Six Nations. I'll watch the World Cup. I'll watch quite a bit of that. I'm uh, looking forward I'm, to that. Oh, and, and the fact that it's on during the, the working day as well is not going to help my working from home statistics. Um, <laughs> thank, thank, thankfully, my boss. <laughs> yeah, well, just my productivity levels are going to dip even lower than than where they currently are which is pretty poor to pull this back to cricket is sort of the equivalent of maybe not an ashes tour but like a subcontinent tour for sort of time scales yeah but see, it's further east isn't it but then the games are probably later in the day than uh, yeah well england england argentina for instance on the 5th of october saturday the 5th of october which is going to be a um fantastic super saturday for me starting early um kicks off at 9 a.m so this is back nice. to like 2002 um, yeah World cup kind of timings that's the sort of way it's, Australia. it's that sort of time zone isn't it japan and australia they can't be too far away i know there are several time zones in australia uh, uh, fun fact during the 2002 world cup i was in australia and it was in a very pleasant sociable time zone there you go oh gosh uh, the only thing, the only time that pleasant and sociable has ever been, uh, it's ever been described about the Australians. So to, to be, we'll to come be on fair, to, that. to be fair, I I found Australia a very pleasant and sociable place to be. Um, what happens is the nice ones stay there, and then you know they the, the dicks play cricket. The, the dicks come over here and, and play yeah. cricket and, and and work behind the bar in in walkabouts. <laughs> Anyway, enough of that, right? We'll come schooner, on to that. Schooner and you, please, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before we before we get any further, um, Russ, you've I've you've got something for us. Yeah, I've got a little quiz, right? And it is only a little quiz, and I don't depending on on how easy or hard you find it. I, I think it could be um, harder than it seems. And the quiz is based on England centurions and their maiden test hundreds. So I will give you a hundred and a country and a ground and a year and a date. And your job will be to guess who it is. So there'll be 10. Um, uh, this sounds fun. If you get it, do you, do you like the sound of this? I do. I know someone who could get 10 out of 10 on this and so does Adam. 
I'm going to get zero on my on my questions. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to start with the score and the ground and the date, and if you can't get it, then I will uh, I will give another clue as to maybe the county that the player plays for, and then I might so three points, two points, and then I'll come up with a an easy clue. One of you can buzz in and then take one point from the question. How about that? Okay. So are we taking it in turns, or are you? Are no, you no, no. It, it's it's a buzz in. It's a buzz in round. So if I was to to give you an example, if I was to say 122 versus Sri Lanka at Gaul in the 22nd of February 2001 for three points. Uh, this is always their first century for England. This is their maiden right. test century. Yes. Don't uh, worry. I'm not going to go back to 2001. Can I say Marcus Triscothic? You can get yourself three points. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> but that so, doesn't count, does it? No, it doesn't. That's the that's the example question. So I will do ten questions. I will choose ten uh, players, and we will go from there. Does that sound about as clear as mud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like one of Adam's quizzes. Yeah. Okay. Except so, we don't have Doug ignoring the uh, rules. So he I'm, never I'm, listens, does he? No. I'm, I'm, right. So I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope Rich is on the ball and buzzes in early for this one. So I'm going to start with an easy one. Uh, 158 versus Australia at the Oval, 8th of September 2005. Adam, you had more than enough time, Rich, and I was... I, 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 I you, know, pur- I, you purposely left him a little bit. I, I did, I did, like a patronising twat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin Peter Peterson. Yes, on a side note, have you read his blog post about Jack Leach and uh, Jason Roy over the last... Um, we'll come on to that in a minute. I'll, I'll just precursor that. Okay. Some, I something I read earlier, but okay. Right. right next one. Um, the next one is 108 versus Sri Lanka at Headingley on the 20th of June, 2014. Rich. Go on, Rich. Joe Root. That's incorrect. Can I have a go? You can have a go, and then I'll give you another clue, and Rich can come back in. Okay. Uh, Moeen Ali. <laughs> Adam collects three points. <laughs> this could be some sort of massacre, but... <laughs> it's going to be a whitewash. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, 130 versus Pakistan at Trent Bridge on the 29th of July, 2010. Adam. Go ahead, Adam. Owen Morgan. <laughs> Shit the bed. You're better at this than I thought you would be. Um, okay, but in, I, I'm in, only in, taking that as a compliment. In in that in that case, I'm just going to move slightly further back, just slightly. I'm going to jump around the ages a little bit. Uh, 162 versus Bangladesh at Chesterley Street on the 3rd of June 2005. Adam. Ian Ronald Bell. Correct, Ian Ronald Bell is correct. This this is just be a good game for Adam, wouldn't it, Rich? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm at this point. I'm just gonna be a good guest and shut up and let Adam get all of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, do, do you want to go first? In each no, of these? no, no, no. Oh, okay. Stick <laughs> with the rules. Okay. Uh, One hundred twenty-eight versus India at Edgebaston in sixth of June, nineteen ninety-six. Um, 
Mm. I'm a bit stuck, if I'm honest. Okay, would you like? I, I a... sort of. I, I. Would you like a second clue for two points? Okay, he's going to make lots of noises to try and stretch uh, it out yeah. while he thinks. Uh, Essex cricket. Okay, uh, the po- the name that popped into my head was Nick Knight initially, but I mean that that you, you're you're in the right ballpark because Nick Knight's maiden Test century was actually on the eighth of August, nineteen ninety six, versus Pakistan at Headingley. I think he was playing that Test team. Um, Essex. Oh, Essex. Um, yeah, I mean, so if you want what? me to give you a final, no, I don't. No, I don't. I want. I want to. You've already guessed, Adam. You, you can't flounder on this one anymore. This I could is... flounder, but I'm not gonna. So let's. <laughs> no. the final... you're, you're a great guess, Rich. I love you. <laughs> that is that can't be NASA's first, can it? It is NASA Hussein. I thought that oh, okay. Um, that that's thrown me a bit because I thought that was earlier. Um, in my head, but okay, okay. okay. I'm so delighted that I'm not so... getting crashed thirty to nil on this. Yeah, I might, it might just be 29. Um, okay, let's say 117 versus New Zealand at the University uh, Oval in Dunedin. 6th of March. That's definitely how it's pronounced. Absolutely. In Dunedin, 6th of March, 2013. Um, see, weirdly, more recent, I find harder <laughs> as, as a rule. Um, uh, I'm struggling a little bit there. Okay. Um, this is going to test my. I'm going to have a go. I'm go on, go on, Rich. Go on, Rich. Go on. Ben Stokes. Incorrect. Um, Somerset cricket at the time. Mm. I'm. Yeah. Mm. Trouble is, if I say anything else, it's going to give it away. <laughs> and there's not been many Somerset batsmen that have played. I mean, Joss Butler, I guess, but I don't, I don't know. No. It doesn't that doesn't sit right. Um, no. I mean, I, unless I have a feeling it might weirdly be a bowler. No. No, I'm not. I'm on the wrong. So, line. so. The final clue would be um, moved to Middlesex fairly uh, swiftly after his test debut. Okay, I'm Adam. No, no points. This seems ludicrous. How? Why? Why can't I? Why isn't this? Uh, his his grandfather has a stand. Oh, Nick Nick after, Compton as Nick a stand Compton. named after him at Lords. Nick bloody Compton. Um, and that's the that's the final clue that gets and you zero in, points. In my defence, I think it's best if we all forget about Nick Compton. Yeah. He had so much promise. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> England batsman, right there. Yeah. Well, he he might uh, he probably deserves a recall, to be fair. Let's go with... So that's one, two, three, four, five, six down, right? Rich, you are yet to get on the board. Mm-hmm. Just just to remind you. Um, right. 104 versus the West Indies at the Kensington Oval Bridgetown. 6th of, 26th of February, 2009. I, I know this. Go on then. Don't be patronising. <laughs> <laughs> Ravinder Singh Bapara. Correct. Correct. 
Um, this next one I forgot even played for England, let alone scored a maiden and only Test century. Uh, 102 versus New Zealand at the Basin Reserve in Wellington on the 13th of March 2008. Tim Ambrose. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he'd even won a Test cap, let alone let alone scored a single test century unbelievable it was weird that prior was sort of out of favor like prior had come in the previous summer and and smashed a load of runs and then lost form and it was like well we need someone who i think it was a bit of a glove work thing as well yeah and it was always a stopgap yeah um 137 versus new zealand at lancaster park in christchurch 13th of march 2002 the penultimate question. That was the game that um, Thorpe got a double hundred and then Astor got a double hundred chasing the ridiculous target that we'd set them and they nearly got them as he smashed he smashed them in about as many just smashed, He just smashed them everywhere. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be Thorpe. It, it would be... Um, it might be Flintoff. Andrew Flintoff is the correct answer. Okay, the final one. This is right up my strata, this quiz. You, I, thought, I, thought it might, I thought it might be. Should we make this one a little bit more difficult? Should we go right back? How far back you know, would you like me to start this, Adam, if, if you had to pick a, an era? I mean, it, I suppose my first watching cricket is probably sort of at all or noticing it, it's probably like 88, 89. First okay. time I watched it religiously, like an absolute geek, it's probably about 1990. Okay. So let's say then uh, 114 not out versus Australia 1st of July 1993. Uh, I missed the connection drop there i missed some of the middle of that uh, so, 1993 1st of july 93 114 not out versus was it at trent bridge yeah trent bridge yeah that's graham thought yeah correct <laughs> adam you've you've actually you've scored uh 26 out of 30 of those questions now that I'm is that i kept the score reasonable that is quite a significantly is that amazing effort. more or less than rich if you just do the math quickly let me just do the math. Can I? Can I just? Can I just play in <laughs> I some? Really um, let me just play in some uh, some bed music because I just have to add the scores up. A minute, talk amongst yourselves. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm... What, what yeah. Um, Twenty six zero. That is. Glad well I came played, on, guys. Well played. Quite, though. quite I mean, the welcome. That was that was a um, <laughs> that was a quiz that popped into my head whilst we were talking about uh, long snapper quizzes earlier on today and you said oh quiz the minimum effort and i just thought oh wonder if i could do one of those there's so much scope with cricket for that isn't there like just just stats isn't it it's just i don't have i don't have a head for stats like so a mutual friend how i know adam in the first place uh, a gentleman called james when i say gentleman and that seems generous um it's, it's untrue he has he has the most insane memory for cricket stats where literally he will be able to tell you any England player, literally any England player, their debut and where the game was and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's almost autistic. We, I took a holiday with him and, and our spice, which is a plural of spouse. Um, we, t- we took a holiday 
to Portugal in 2006 and essentially me and him spent a week by a pool pretty much regurgitating stats and coming up with you know the the greatest left-handed 11 from the 1990s and that sort of thing and it, it was a tremendous week superb um well so with that in mind i'll um i'll come up with an, another quiz for the the next long leg whenever that shall be whoever knows so after the fifth test surely and make sure well, Doug's on it so that Adam can stomp all over him instead of me. <laughs> well, you think it would be, um, you think it would be after the fifth test, wouldn't you? But you know, the long leg is 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 not predictable, which is part which is part of our charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, it would have been nice to have done a podcast after the third test. Um, you know, but having said that, um, I was away. I think I think you. You weren't around, Russ. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but it it didn't quite work. And in actual fact, I think it would have been lost because in the fever and and all that excitement, it was a you know obviously TMS did their did their thing. Um, countless programs sort of reviewing the test, and you know, we we all got our fix really. Um, our did. niche is probably picking the bones out of a, a disappointing loss, if we're honest. Yeah, yeah, and and we're almost used to doing that now, so yeah, you know, I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah, it was um, bloody brilliant though, wasn't it? Oh Jesus, I spent I spent the you know I spent the afternoon in a in a pub that was at one point baying for people to put Super Sunday on, which was Man City versus Burnley or something. <laughs> Right, they wanted that on the telly, and we were eight down or something. And you know, everyone was going, "Ah, oh, we've lost this now. You may as well turn it off." And I was like, "No, no, I'm what? I'm what? You know, we're watching it. The group of lads I was with, we were watching it, and it was getting just people were just being r- rowdy and annoying, and oh, fucking." And then all of a sudden, as the as the run started to click, and then Leach came in with that seventy six to go. Uh, it all it, incidentally, it kind of started when Archer started smashing Nathan Lyon about for mm-hmm. a few fours. That was when the interest started to to peak. And then he was caught on the boundary by a piece of um, unnecessary fielding <laughs> by Travis Head, who his face irritates me, really, really irritates me, just his general face and demeanour. Um, and that's why I like nothing more than when Joffre gave him a little send-off when he cartwheeled his middle stump out the ground in the second innings. Um and then all of a sudden, like the, the whole pub started to get really engrossed in this last sort of, what was it, about 70 minutes, hour and a half, that Leach and Stokes were at the crease. And then when we won, it was absolute pandemonium. It was amazing. It was probably the the best, you know, the World Cup had me almost in tears, like in shock. And that was more so. If I wasn't in a pub drinking, I would have... I just I didn't know what to do with myself. It's incredible, know, isn't it? It's 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 ludicrous. I I I kind of I mean I I wasn't watching it partly well mostly because I was away um in a country that literally doesn't know what cricket is. Um but in actual fact we we got bowled out for 67 in the first innings. And there were well from the point that we started to bat in that game there was no way on earth we were going to win it. And I, I, would, I would say right up to probably 30 minutes before the end of the match, that was still the case. I was kind of 
following the score, I mean, I'd, I was staying, well, staying with family in, in Austria and my brother-in-law was sort of, we were just looking at the score on our phone. We were out and about on the Sunday and the closer it got, like it was, it was, it was all out of more hope than expectation right up until, you know, it was sort of needing 30 or 40 to win. You know, it just always felt you know, a couple of wickets, then the game's done. And I, I still can't quite believe it. The uh, more than expectation, more hope than expectation thing has got to be like slogan for England cricket fans everywhere, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's just that hope that is the hope that kills you, isn't it? Always, I know Doug said that on on several occasions. Um, and I know I've I've said this on a on another podcast that we did last week. But forget cricket; that was one of the most dramatic periods in any sport that I have ever watched ever. Well, I remember saying that about the World Cup final. Um, friends of mine who don't really follow cricket, don't really care about cricket, who'd watched the match because England were in a sporting World Cup final, had said, that's incredible. Like, I didn't know cricket could be that exciting. And I, I was saying to them, that's probably the most exciting sporting final I've ever watched in any sport, regardless, like, cricket, rugby, football, whatever. That's got to be right up there. And and like you say, Russ, this was way up there with it as well. Because when you look at that Headingley Test match as a whole, a couple of early wickets... They fought back, you know, to then bowl them out in that evening session for 173. I remember I was sat at Heathrow Airport on the way back to Cornwall and watching that um, that evening session and Archer just run in and, and skittle them over, thinking of all the optimism in, in the world. We've just bowled them out for 173. We're right back in it. We'll be batting in the morning. The sun's going to be out. Brilliant. That and then we, the and then we, I, I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel, I just thought this is... It's too little, too late. It, I really it was, did. It was just that that whole roller coaster, and and over that over those four days, five days, four it must have been four days. It was fourth day, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it the Sunday was the fourth day, and that roller coaster. Then being we've been bowled out for sixty seven, then putting him into bat, and then watching them bat all of sort of. Friday afternoon through to Saturday afternoon, Stokes bowling that mammoth spell. Oh, um, you know, Root dropped Labashane uh, in the slips, and while well, Stokes it, really early on in his spell as well, didn't he? And it was just like, oh no, what's you know, what, we're completely out of this. And to be fair, Australia threw really threw that advantage away from having a from having a you know a hundred run lead first innings to. Yes, saying 359, was it 359, 300, yeah. whatever it was. You know, that's still a, a, a record run chase. But even so, you give a team a sniff, they're going to be in it. You know, that's why teams are reluctant to declare. Root had it done to him at Headingley a couple of years ago by the West Indies, didn't he? And uh, Shea Hope scored a, an amazing century that day. Um Hope, so teams, hope and chase. Hope day, and chase. It? <laughs> it was hope and chase. But, you know, it just... That's where Test cricket was... It had so many twists and turns. And people say, oh, yeah, but four days, five days, still might get a winner. Bollocks. It is just... <laughs> 
drama well, when it's done it, right? properly. That's yeah. part of the drama when you when you're so convinced, at, like midway through day four, and you're like, "We've got this, we've got this," and then someone digs in on that last day. And think back to the Cardiff test where um, where we dug in, yeah, like, brigadier block, exactly, just got it over the line. And I remember saying to I remember saying to um, Adam and some of the guys on a text chat that we've got going on about the fact that I felt like we had easily enough talent and four and four day four and day five to get it over the line for that 350 so we've got enough talent there pitch is not going to really turn until day five we should be able to do this we won't i was convinced we wouldn't but we should have been able to so when we did it it it's like this is unreal but as adam said it should it should have been over when when leach came in it should have been over it's just the magic of test cricket that sometimes one person can do that well, there were, there were two or three big moments in towards the end of that. So you, you, you'd had the, well, actually, I'll come back to the LBW appeal. The first, the first one that, <laughs> in fact, I'm really glad that we've come back to this because I want to, I still want to enjoy Nathan Lyon attempting to gather the ball and run. Was it Leach or Stokes? It doesn't matter. Leech. Whoever it was, Leech. Leech. Um, and just, I don't know, like either of my children could have managed that. Uh, and what what makes it better is the Aussie, the Aussies like they re- said, oh how good a fielder um, Lion is, and after Travis Head ran out Butler as well in that you know with the with the direct hit. What's Lion just... fielding going to be remembered for? A, yeah. a stop in the covers or that? Yeah, absolutely. And and he seems like a bit of a tit as well. So I'm um, you know I'm not. I'm not bothered about Nathan Lyon and this old bowling Gary. Just yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, the whole thing with Matt Pryor. Yeah, I, just, I still, I still, still feel bitter about that, uh, and uh, rightly so. But he says about himself. <laughs> but you know that Cummins review. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But do, um, do you know what? At the time, so I, I'm okay, back, back to my. Alpine um, scene in Austria. I'm pacing up and down by this lake by this point, listening to TMS in my ear. Yeah, and it's the alternative version of the sound of music. <laughs> <laughs> the, the arguably better one. Um, but and I, I heard this described by Aggers and Co. And it's like, yeah, this is pitching outside. There's, there's no way this is out. And they're going to review. And my reaction was, yeah, I'd review. Because it's the last third of the dice, it's all you've got. Oh, it felt like that. Um, cold light of day, obviously it's ridiculous, and we know what happened next, and I have no sympathy for but them. That, but but I, the thing, I, at it? the moment, I thought I would have done the same. That's the thing, isn't it? it? It's that, you know, do you do you waste it on a speculative review, or do you leave that review there at the end where you could have reviewed and, and had someone out. Yeah. You know, that's the whole balance of, and, and why some people are so good at that, the whole review system. Well, Payne said Payne's take on it was he'd walked up to, um, he'd walked up to the others to find out um, whether it had clipped, whether, whether he clipped it. Cause he thought he'd said he was absolutely certain it was, it was bang in line, but that it, he didn't know whether it had been clipped or not. So as soon as someone said, no, he hasn't hit it, that's when he reviewed. And no one actually, no one actually thought to tell him that it was pitching way outside off. 
See, hearing that makes you realise that he's just a moron. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a wicketkeeper, you should know that, right? You should oh, know that that's outside leg. Um, but yeah. as a first, as a first reaction to listening to it on TMS, I'm like, as I say, I would, I would have done the same thing. I know, even if I pretty much knew from anyone who saw it with the naked eye, knew. Uh, but you, there's the, you see, at the time, I think it, we only needed two or three to win, even then. So it's, it it's so win. unlikely that you'd get another shot at that. Yeah, they got two more shots to get them out. <laughs> uh, it's so so beautiful, so poetic. Um, but you know, as we all know, all those heroics have have kind of been um, a bit of a moot point. I mean, I was putting this off as long as we could, but you know, we can't. We can't. And, you know, so I've heard a lot of people say, well, it would only have, have been great in context had England gone on to retain the ashes. Yeah, now, <laughs> I think I think bullshit because the achieve, the achievement, that game of cricket will go down in history like the Edge Baston 2005 game. That that's that's the level of of where we're talking here. Just iconic games of cricket. I, um, I agree, and I, I hope that Ben Stokes, Jack Leach don't feel like that because that that's not fair on them. No, the effort um, they put in. Um, and I, I, if if England had lost the 2005 Ashes after winning that Test at Edgebaston, I, I still think it would have been yeah. remembered very fondly, and, and yeah, right, and uh, we should be proud of that, regardless. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, at Old Trafford, it all went kind of backwards again, didn't it? I mean, that first morning, again, broad with Warner, literally got him on toast. And he gave him a little wave as well, didn't he? Which was beautiful. Great use of the word literally there, Russ. Yeah, <laughs> like it. Um, and then, yeah, again, Labashane, who's been a bit of a revelation for the Aussies since he came in at Lords, And uh, Darth Vader himself. Um, Prison cell block H. Prison the cell block H. He, I'm not. I might not name him. I might go all courier mail on him. I might not actually use his name. Um, Honestly, as much as we dislike him, he's been he's been the difference. England Absolutely. haven't had, other than Stokes in that one test, we haven't had a batsman or a couple of batsmen that have stood up and and been counted in this series. And that's that's been the difference. If if Steve Smith had been out of the Australian side for injury or whatever it happens to be, this would have been some of the shortest tests in Ash's history. Did you see, this is slightly changing the, the slant on this, but do you see Jimmy Anderson's comments about the pitches that we've prepared? So I'm guessing from your, your faces that you haven't, but he, he, this is sort of in the last 24 hours or so, he's, he's come out and sort of had a bit of a dig at England, whether it's England management or collective groundsmen, whoever's, well, whoever's in charge, um, for essentially saying that we've prepared pitches that haven't suited England, that we, the, the groundsmen have done done their own thing. Um, I, I can completely see where he's coming from with this. So you look at the surfaces that we've had. So Edgbaston probably suited... Australia or suited Australia's bowlers more than ours. It didn't didn't swing particularly. Um, Lords probably suited us, and we were on top in that game. We could we if there'd been less rain around, we may have won. Headingley and 
more so Old Trafford has probably suited them a bit more. Headingley's a bit of a freak. We've discussed Headingley. Um, and actually by preparing surfaces that have not really helped the swinging bowler, but have helped the bowler, type of bowler that gets a bit more bounce. Your Pat Cummings, Joss Hazelwoods of this world. Um, have we have we played it into a, into their hands a bit? Also, you know, Old Trafford in particular, I sort of feel it. it yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't pick Wokes. We've picked Craig Overton, kind of because of the pitch. We should be telling should we be telling the groundsman what type of pitch to prepare? And if we don't get the pitch we want, move the tests elsewhere. Well, I got one question for you. Do you think the Australians prepare their pitches for their bowlers? Yes, basically. They the do. Be doing the same. But I also think that their bowlers are just better collectively than our bowlers. Um, yes, yes, but if we so, had the if we had five pitches so, like the one at Lords. So let's 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 put this into perspective, right? If we had five pitches like we we play in Lords, they still would have got a certain amount of them, we may not have scored as many runs to get ourselves in the position where we could win a test match. Jimmy Anderson going down after four overs of the first test, not it hasn't specifically shaped this test, but what it has done, oh, sorry, this series, what it has done is it's put us in a position where the drop-off from Archer and, and you know, I've backed Stuart Broad from day one. I know we've disagreed with that, yeah. and I know Doug's disagreed with that pre-series and stuff that he's done. He has actually he's stepped had a great up, series. We and he yeah. stepped. Yeah. And in the absence of other, and actually, if you if you go back through the record books to a certain extent, when Anderson hasn't been there, Broad has always stepped up. You, know, you think about the eight for fifteen at Trent Bridge. You know, I, when when Anderson hasn't been available, and you think of how many Test matches they've actually played together. When Anderson has been unavailable, Broad has always led the line very well. Yeah, I don't, in my opinion. I don't love Broad as a personality. I think he's a bit of a knob, but I always have felt that he's maligned as a bowler. I think he's better yeah. than people give uh, him credit for. One one hundred percent. And yeah. and 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 With he he is he has been excellent. Now if you look at if you take Edge Buston as an example, Jimmy Anderson went down after four after four overs. Um that left us with with Wokes, Broad, and, and Archer. You know, quite rightly, we lost the test because we couldn't bowl them out twice. Though that big Smith, that partnership between Smith and Siddle at Edgebuston, a fit Jimmy Anderson would have probably knocked Siddle over because he's not got him out a lot of times. But should should have would have could us right. What's more of a a, a baffling question is. Why didn't Josh Hazelwood start the series for Australia? Because and and now with Stark coming in, why why didn't Stark play? They well, why didn't Stark play the whole? I I I, I don't. I can't I can't it. I can't answer that. Especially but, at Lords, by the way. But you, if you look at that attack between Hazelwood and Cummins, um, Stark and Pattinson, and when Pattinson, the two matches Pattinson's played, he's played very well, although. You know, Headingley, he looked tired when he had a lot of miles in his legs. Um, the drop-off for that third bowler and then Nathan Lyon isn't as significant as the threat of Broad and Archer, who have been very threatening with the new ball, and then 
a combination of Wokes, Overton, you know, dare I say Leach, who, whilst he's bowled with a decent amount of control, which I think England have needed at times, he has bowled with decent control. He doesn't look as threatening as, you know, a spinner who, who turns the ball a lot. Well, the, the thing is that Stokes, I think, has actually bowled as well as I've seen him bowl for probably three or four years in this series. But it's that fourth pace bowler that we just haven't been able to nail down. And you've got to think, you know, if if, if you're Australia and you're losing Cummins in the first, like the first session or the second session of the first test, whenever it was, I don't know that they've necessarily got a bowler that could be as effective on not with not not within a test match yeah well pat cummings has been exceptional yeah yeah Yeah, but but that's what you'd hope anderson would be in an ashes series at that level and we've we've lost that which is it's undeniably going to hurt any team to lose their you know their number one bowler basically the de facto number one um, what what I think it's enabled Australia to do, and as you kind of alluded to, is when their pace bowlers have been tired, their fourth bowler, they can bring in someone else who is up to speed and up to pace. And we're not looking at, oh, you know, oh, we could bring in a Wokes at that point when we want to, you know, because it suits us for the ground or whatever. We're actually having to just play him because we've got no one else. Yeah, but with with that in mind as well, actually... The two batsmen that have made the biggest difference, you look at Labashain who came in for that second innings at Lords and got a 50. He got what? Didn't he get like four, an odd number of 50s in a row, four 50s in a row. He got one at Lords in the second innings. He got two at Headingley. Then he got one in the first innings at Old Trafford, didn't he? And that's what, you know, None of you look at Wade, you look at Head, you look at Payne. Other than other than Labashain and Smith, Wade chipped in at Edgebaston with a hundred in the second innings. Head has got a sixty odd somewhere, but other than that, it it's yeah, Labashain, it's Labashain and Smith. Now, again, England's selection, England's choices, Roots captaincy—you know—that's a that's a different matter altogether. But we've not been able to, we've not had them really 30 for three 40 50 for three 50 for four other than it um edge busting in that first innings Have we've had them we've we've it had them, two, like we've had them we, nah, no we've had them two we've had them two down, down very quickly very and then and then smith um in the first innings it lords and then we had that big, you know, that spell. Obviously, he didn't play at Headingley, but in the seconds in innings at Lords, Labashain scored 70-odd. Um, then at Headingley, uh, we had them one or two down, and I think it was Labashain and Warner who got them to 130-odd for two before we really drilled through them. Then at um, second innings at Headingley, again, they were something for maybe three. They were like 60 for three. And then the, the second innings at Old Trafford when we had them 40 for four. The, the one person I want to talk about a little bit is, is Archer. And go back, going back to Anderson going down in the first four overs. Now, Archer didn't play that first test. Um, but 
a lot of the reaction felt like, especially when Archer came in the first innings at Lords and looked dramatic, looked incredible. And it felt like the mood was actually, we're not too worried. Don't be too worried about losing Jimmy. Look what we've got instead. Um, but the guy was playing in his first test match. And I feel that there was a, an enormous amount. I don't know if pressure is the right word, but expectation that he would come and sort of do the job, not the same job that Jimmy was going to do, but, but step in and, and take a hatful of wickets. And he has. But the last game in particular, it just but, looked like he'd either run out of steam or, or he had a bad day on that, that first day. He had and, a bad and, spell. And he, but he's, he's so young. He's, well, yeah. he's, he's so raw. He's new to and, this. And he's going to have that. You know, how many times have we... I mean, I've lost count in the amount of test matches, especially at Lord's. Where Broad and Anderson, we won the toss and bowled first on a green top in overcast conditions at Lords, and Broad and Anderson are bowled half trackers, or you know, bowled short, just bowled poor deliveries for two sessions, and we've let any life that's in the pitch and the ball just go completely to waste. We've done it at least twice versus India. Um, so you know, the the lad is he's obviously allowed to have a bad day, and he did have a bad day. It just so happened that that was the time where if we'd got them by the scruff of the neck after Headingley and had them 50 for four, 50, 60 for five, 70 for five on that first day, you know, it could have been a completely different story. The problem was it was almost a howling gale and freezing cold. And they were horrible bowling conditions. But yeah, I mean, they were. We still, we still didn't have a great day. I have this. See, see, sorry. sorry, Adam. Um, see, for me, it's, I, I feel like it's less. I don't think there's that much difference between our bowling lineup and the Australians. Obvious, obviously, I, I pretty much agree with you, Russ, that they are, with Anderson out, they're the better bowling unit than, than the England bowling. But Test cricket is Test cricket, right? We've all seen those days where we think, yeah, this is good conditions. We should be able to, you know, get decent a number of wickets down and, and restrict their run. And then it just doesn't go your way, and they put up. 350 400 in the first innings what we've not been able to do in this series <coughs> consistently is being able to to bat to those conditions and and to be smart about how we go around building the only time we've seen anyone be smart about building an innings was stokes in that test where i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of issues where I, there's there's so much talent in that England batting lineup. We see it all the time in county cricket, in one day internationals, in T20 internationals. I wonder. My issue is more with the coaching than the batting. I I feel like they're not being coached properly to be smart about uh, going into. Yeah, now, now you're right no. into my. They, I don't. Is, uh, well, yeah. I think you and me, Russ, are going to disagree here. Um, the the sort of reaction was at Old Trafford that. Australia got nearly 500 in their first innings and we seem to be blaming the bowlers but I, I I sort of feel that actually the only reason we're doing that is because pretty much our bowling attack has done a good job over the over the summer over the last few years and our batsmen haven't so what we what we've fallen into the trap is we're we're relying on our bowlers all the time to get our to get us out of a hole and in truth I completely agree it's that it's the batting lineup that consistently letting us down. And your comment about the coaching, Rich, which Russ and I are going to have an argument, I suspect, in a second, um, is that, yeah, we've had, Bayliss has been in 
charge for the last few years and he has built absolutely brilliantly. We've built this one day side that play the way they do, but it's been, and this doesn't apply to bowling, by the way, this is, I think it's just a batting thing. Um, we've set ourselves up to play that way, um, but we haven't focused on batting properly in a test match. And yes, it, it does come down to coaching, I think. You know, yes, players need to take responsibility for themselves. Of course they do. But I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Andy Flower would have stood for this sort of thing. Duncan Fletcher wouldn't have stood for this. No, he, they would be in the, uh, more on the mental side. than I I'm not talking about technique. I'm talking about mental coaching of batsmen, about how to, how to build an innings, how to not charge down the pitch at the spinner on the final day of a test match when you're looking like you could save a game. This, this sort of stuff that, sure... Yeah, it's Jason Roy's fault that he's done that, but I don't think, I don't think anyone is is in his ear enough to say that this is a this is a test match. So yeah, sometimes you've got to play your shots in a test match. A lot of the time, that's the way to go. But there've been a lot of situations this summer where we've just needed to dig in, and we haven't been able to do that. You watch how well the Australians leave the ball. The Australians will leave the balls that are going, you know, if you if you don't get your length right, they've just left it alone. Whereas England batsmen are all fiddling around and, you know, getting nicks. And the number of times I've seen an England batsman get a nick when they just don't need to be playing at it, whether it's, you know, line or length. And and I don't there's gotta be there's gotta be something there. It's it's that tradi- it's that typical thing in sports. What you do in training is what you do in a match. If you do not do something day in, day out in training, you're never going to do it in a match situation. I'm not sure that they are focused on, you know, being smart about how you bat. So I completely disagree with the whole <laughs> coaching thing, right? Because I think at that level, um, yes, players need coaches, right? Yes, they need to continue to coach because that's how people improve. I think within the England setup and especially with batting, batting's a very personal thing. Like you say, it's a mental. It's as much of a mental game as it is a technique game. You look at Steve Smith, right? Who's got a horrific technique, similar to Rory Burns, who's got a really well. No, sorry, let's, I'm not let's, talking let's, about let, technique no, with anybody let's, here. Let's, let's, rephrase, let's rephrase that. It's not a horrific technique. It's an unusual technique that works for him, and that and it absolutely works for him. Unorthodox. What 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 the problem <laughs> what the problem is is the mental capacity to be able to concentrate ball after ball after ball after ball when you feel like you're not scoring runs. The modern day player, so you'd let's use Jason Roy as an example, likes to feel bat on ball and he plays with hard hands out in front of his body. Now in white ball cricket, when that ball doesn't move around and you've got two new white balls, you can you can literally play the line of every ball and whack it pretty much wherever you want with a red duke duke ball. It's going to nibble about. It's going to seem, it's going to swing. You know, you cannot play that way. Unfortunately, you know, I was a big backer in, in this Jason Roy experiment as it were, because I thought it was very similar to when they brought Alex Hales into the test team. That's, you know, that that's the same sort of thing. Um, And it had, he had come off, in two innings of the four test matches that he'd played, I firmly believe England could well have won both test matches, but he didn't, right? He's come out this morning and and said, but this is before it was announced that he was dropped, which we'll come on to. 
that oh, you know, I know I need to know what my failings are. I know what I need to go away and work on, and, I, and I'm going to be trying my hardest in in the nets to to work on it and and understand what it is I need to do. Um, but that's not that's not the England coach's job. The England coach's job is to, to prepare the team in a way that uh, is going to set the team up for success. Individ- batting is a very individual discipline, in my opinion. And yes, you can, I, I, Russ, uh, I yes, you can you. help. Yes, sorry. And yes, the England coaches can offer advice and can assist and can aid and can do all of those things. But ultimately, the batting of this England team, I don't think is directly the responsibility of Bayless, especially. I mean, they've got Thorpe in as batting coach and they after Ramprakash lost his job of, as batting coach for exactly the same, you know, failings as, as what we're seeing now, which makes me think it's, it's not a coaching issue. Look, if you look at Al- Alistair Cook, right? Who, who is the, well, no, I've answered me a question there, which is what I was going to say is who, who is the best exponent of, switching on switching off concentrating for long periods of time that england have had over the last 15 years alistair cook yeah that's fair and he took he, and his method and it was a personal method is that after every ball he used to turn around walk towards square leg switch off walk back take guard where you go you cannot physically concentrate for an hour, let's say, let's say an hour, the first morning of a test match, you cannot concentrate for an hour solidly without it starting to mentally drain you. You need to be able to switch off and switch on. That's where the Knicks go. That's where you follow the ball. That's where you misjudge a leave. I mean, let's talk about, we can use Butler as an example on that last day. I mean, that was a, that was a hell of a delivery from Hazelwood and it reversed back in and it clipped, you know, clipped the off stump and, you could say, you know, unlucky Joss. But that's how that's how Simon Jones was taking wickets in two thousand and five. You know, a- it's... absolutely. But that's a ju- that's a judgment call based on concentration, based on confidence, based on would he have been better? Would he have been better trying to defend it? Who knows? Only Joss Butler knows that. We can we can surmise because it, th- that was the ball that got him out. But for me, like I say, the the individual nature of the the batting discipline is something that is completely individual and batting in a test match should be treated as such. Yeah. Russ, on the tech, on the technical side, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Look at Alistair Cook. He, he seemed to have, well, for a batsman who's got the numbers, he has an incredible frequency of not being in form and seemingly going back to Graham Gooch for a few tips, or sometimes he goes somewhere else or uh, batsmen should do what they feel comfortable with. And if it's a technique thing and with cook, it often was rightly or wrongly. I think that's how he saw it sometimes. Um, and well, so certainly Jason Roy is right now. Well, actually it's for him. It's probably both. So, and and, and he, the other he thing go, is he should do whatever's going to work for him. But this <laughs> is, this is a, this is a tactic for me. The, my issue is the tactical mental, situational side of things that yeah. as a, a collectively we're not doing and it's it's almost everybody is to blame I mean, there's been the odd knock but it's not consistent enough just, just let me my last point on jason roy is that the guy has never ever opened the batting 
in red ball first class cricket. Yet we've got him open in the batting in um, in test matches against Australia in the Ashes. I think the hope is that he'll be another David Warner after time in terms of, well, hopefully not with the current form, but like when he first came in and, and was just, you know, would just take on attack, attacking bowlers and smash them around the park and take the take the shine off the ball and, and demoralise the opposition and, and rack up 60 runs and then get out. I think that was always, that was always what I um, felt that they were trying to do with Roy. Didn't David Warner play... It's certainly T20. It might even be an ODI before he ever played a first-class game of cricket. It's certainly, uh, it's certainly international T20, and it might be an ODI uh, as well. Wasn't that... Um... Yeah, it could be. I thought Finch did something similar as well. Uh, yeah, may, may well. That's the, well that's, the, that's the way it's going. David Warner's an interesting comparison because you, you're dead right. I mean, he's, he had no first-class pedigree whatsoever, um, but he's just clearly been... Well, the irony of the form we've seen him in lately, but largely, but you know, I'm going to make the point about conditions here because, to a certain extent, if Jason Roy is trying to do a similar thing with the Kookaburra ball in Australia, it might actually come off. And look at where David Warner's had its success. You know, it's it's not been in England. Yeah, I would be very upset if the Jason Roy experiment was over already just because of this Ashes series. He he, he needs to play. Well, I think he'll tour another tour. I, th- three I, th- series. I think he'll tour. Um, where do we go? New Zealand for a two test series, don't we? In the autumn, uh, before we go to South Africa in the winter, I think there'll be a very young, experimental England side that go to New Zealand because that's the last very small series before the, the world test championship starts. This is where is we've got first... to give people like Sibley and Pope. The, 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 the next men up. We've got, to, we've got to give them a go in that. We need to be looking to the future. And I, th- I almost think that, you know, the likes of Bearstow, Butler. I mean, in the moment, the only people for me that are nailed on in this England test team are Root, Stokes, Archer and Broad. Based on this Ashes, they're the only nailed-ons. Jimmy, probably add, I'd probably Roger. add Burns maybe to that. Uh, you, well, yeah, maybe na- nailed on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, with, why, with why Jimmy will... being almost getting to the point where he's going to be retiring sooner or rather than I, I, I mean, he said he wants to carry on. I get the feeling if he goes to South Africa, he will he will go to New Zealand and not play, or maybe you know maybe they'll play one Test match with him. Um, I, I think I, I think if he can get I think if he can get to if he can get his body right and get through South Africa and play four tests in South Africa, he will take the twenty five wickets he needs for for six hundred and that'll be Jimmy. I think he wants a, a swan song at home to be. I don't think he deserves one. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Who have we who have we got here next summer? I don't, I don't even uh, um, that's a very good question. Russ, was Stokes in your list there? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Root and Stokes. Yeah, um, yeah Broad problem, and Archer. Right? You, you, you look at the you look at the batting lineup. It's like we could spend the next two years just slotting in the next big thing in crown, county cricket, have them fail, and then yeah. you know rotate. How 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 much time do we need to give someone to say, okay, you're really not going to cut it here because it takes players' time, particularly in a in a side 
like England are at the moment, where we really don't have like it's an unsettled side. Like you said, there's only about half the team that are actually, you know, pretty settled regular players. This is this is you go back to the kind of Australian teams of the nineties that were successful everywhere in the world. And when they had someone new come in, it was one player. Yeah. Or two players at most. So net slotting in with success. And Stuart Broad made an interesting point um, around England's test team has gone from ashes to has been building from ashes to ashes on a four year and two and a half year cycle or a two and a half. Yeah, but year. Th- this time we've been building to a World Cup. Uh, absolutely, and I thought we moved the ashes and played a double header ashes. Oh, don't uh, get me started on that. Don't to av- to avoid that very feat ever happening again. So next summer we play two test matches. Um, sorry, we go to Sri Lanka for two test matches in um, February March, and then we've got three tests against West Indies and three tests against Pakistan at home next summer. Now that before we go to um, and that's it. Interestingly, there's no winter tour in 2020. I would like to see Roy do Sri Lanka and. The West Indies and see how he does against those teams in those conditions. Yeah, and I think I think we should be. Oh, looking... we're at home to the West Indies next summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we should be looking towards picking our best team with the best players that are available. Now that includes currently people like Ben Folks, who is the best wicketkeeper. Yeah, he's he he. I want if he doesn't bat, go to New Zealand to, to bat at seven. Wrong. So he he is a wicketkeeper batsman. But he is a wicketkeeper first. Butler and Bairstow, whilst they are exceptional cricketers, and I am Joss Butler's biggest fan, right? Um, he's struggled this series. He struggled in the Australia series at home last time, if you remember, and got dropped off the back of it when he was had the gloves. Um, Mitchell Stark just, had him on sorry, toast. Sorry, Russ. Are they players like Bairstow and Butler? I just, I just, my first instinct is. We know, yeah, Bayliss is going. I don't know. Graham, Graham thought well, what direct, might be numbers what? are batting. I don't know. I, just, I want to see a new coach get them back into focusing on test cricket because they can play. They are, they're the, they're not, we're not going to cast them aside. Yeah. We've got, we've got, a, we've got a blueprint for white ball cricket. We just need to follow what's already been done. What we need now is a coach that's going to take them forward in test cricket. And maybe maybe this is for another pod of whether it needs yeah. to be two different people, which which yeah, well, maybe not for now. Um, at the risk of saying we're going to come back to something and then not doing so ever again, you, <laughs> you mentioned Kevin Peterson and some I did some comments that you made. Um, so Kevin Peterson has written a, a sort of a blog post um, in typical KP style. About England's about current... rhinos. Well, I wish yeah. it was about rhinos. That would be slightly more um, interesting than what he's written about some of the England team. Um, the the title is England's Ashes defeat must mean change. So, it's I'll, the title I'll... not. I I embedded all these monk morons. Yeah, uh, back to <laughs> Um, the overriding reason for England losing the Ashes is the ECB's decision four years ago to target ODI cricket and relax when it comes to Test cricket. I never, ever agreed with that situation. Test cricket is the pinnacle and we need to do everything we can to preserve it. Uh, then he goes on to say, but he better put a poll out on Twitter. So the Holy next bit crap, is... I find myself agreeing with him. So, yeah. sorry, carry on. So, so that's fine. So 
his next uh, paragraph is Jack Leach, Mickey taking must stop. Uh, it's doing my head in that in a bloke who is supposed to win games for England is becoming a laughing stock. You've got people in the stands taking the mickey out of him, wearing masks and fake glasses. Commentators are talking about his Specsavers deal. England are losing an Ashes series and he's only taken eight wickets at 30 in three test matches. It doesn't look like he's troubled anyone. It just annoys me. During the TV coverage, they showed the video of him showing everybody how he got his one run at Headingley. Now I'm uh, sorry. Now I'm not saying that you don't do these things. It can be good for team spirit to have a bit of fun. But from my side, I want to win. I don't want to see the crowd. KP is the expert on team spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking (laughs) about how funny he is or how funny that run was or spec savers. I want to see him producing on the field and I want to see him winning matches for England with his bowling. When we beat Australia, Graham Swan took big wickets for us. For Australia, Shane Warne and now Nathan Lyon taking big wickets. We had Monty Panesar. But is, Monty, he, so, is he criticising Jack Leach's batting performance at Headingley? Uh, um, I, I don't. I think, I think he is. I, I think don't that's know what he's what doing. He's, I don't know what he's doing. But he said he's we... criticising Leach for being a bit of a like not a figure of fun, but like not entirely serious, and then mentioning this Graham Leach, Monty is... Panesar in the same in the same sentence. That's nonsense. So what? Monty so what Panesar, saying... who is these days a Brexit pundit. By the way, yeah. and if you've not if you've not oh, seen the that Monty, clip, the Monty channel, yeah, yeah. Um, we we had Monty Panesar, but Monty, who everybody laughed at when he fielded the ball, knocked over the likes of Tendulkar and Sewag, right, in India, on spinning pitches, right. Let's not forget that. And um, Jack Leach has done the same. Well, he did a similar job in Sri Lanka last year, albeit with a slightly less um, caliber of opposition. Uh, when we beat India in India, he and Swan bowled beautifully. Yes, some people laughed, but he was still doing his job. Jack Leach hasn't had the opportunity to go to India and bowl at India in India. So that's a moot point. What he does, what does he want to be remembered as? Uh, does he want to be remembered as this funny guy who can hold a bat or as a match winner for England? How fucking pompous twat. bullshit is that? Ridiculous. I the first bit about um, focusing on test cricket and ODIs, I think to myself, it's a bit like it's when his mate Piers Morgan tweets something that you agree with. It's like, oh, you sort of have a little cold shiver and then 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 KP comes back with more of the bollocks that we, we expect from him. Yeah. Just, um, just, uh, uh, it's always personal with him, isn't it? Like It's yeah. always, it's just uh, what, tw- what's Jack Leach done to him? No, I know. It's, and Jack, it's, Jack Leach is living everyone's dream, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, KP is the ultimate has no sense of humour sportsman, isn't he? Like, I can't imagine he was joking around in the dressing room after wins and things. No, it's too busy texting the opposition. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, just... I don't want to talk too much about him anyway. Um, I do want to talk about two things before we before we go. We are an hour and four minutes into a long leg podcast, which. It's got to be right up there with the with the longest we've done. Um, first thing is the picture and the comments that have merged today of Steve Smith wearing glasses and batting left-handed and doing and Justin Langer's uh, response. When let's face it, right, they are clearly taking the piss, which I've got, I've not got a problem with in itself, right? And I know that when we when we messaged earlier, Adam, it's not that that I've got the problem with. The problem I've got is Justin Langer turning around saying, oh, well, you know, it's nothing to do with Jack Leach. It's um, because all the guys are really great friends with Chris Rogers. And I'm like, 
Just, just. Oh, is, is that what he that, actually said? That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they turned it into because Chris Rogers used to wear glasses, and it's just bullshit, and yeah. it winds me up. If it's unnecessary. Just, out, just own it. Just own that. That's what you said. Yeah. Um. I've just mm-hmm. I've just put them back on because I've taken them off. But three three out of the three of us are currently <laughs> wearing glasses. People wear glasses because people don't have perfect eyesight. I'm Jack Leach wears glasses see. because he struggles with contact lenses picking the ball up. Yeah. Like it's it's 2019. I know. People like to see things. It's, it's people. Good, yeah. yeah when 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 someone's bowling <laughs> you at 90 odd miles an hour, you want to you want to be getting the best vision possible, don't you? <laughs> Do you know what? If if he's taking the piss out of Jack Leach, I don't care. I'll just laugh about it. Admit it. I'm not this sure is, this Jack is meant Leach to be. I don't, I'm no. certain Jack Leach doesn't care. But you know, even if even if they were fielding questions, questions. Oh, is that a dig at England? Oh, just say I don't want to talk about it. Just say you know I'm here to talk about the next test or something. Don't make up some cock and ball story about Chris Rogers. It's just for, you know if they were worried about find and banter and all that sort of stuff, whatever. Right? Actually, I think it probably would have been more respected if if they hadn't come out and just gone, yeah. Actually, we were having a bit of fun, but uh, we've had a beer with Jack after the game, and you know, we, we're getting on all right. It's not like the days of of Alan Border where he refused to to let them go into the changing. Do you know, do you know what? I don't think it's far from there. I have this. I have the impression that these two teams don't actually get on very well, and I I can I can sort of see it a bit from both sides, if I'm honest. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a. Uh, well, you know, no, well, none, a lot of, none of, of Australians seem particularly likable, and Stuart Ball's no. not particularly likable. I don't know. I reckon, you know, I reckon Pat Cummins is a decent bloke, and he yeah, yeah, he looks like he I, looks like a I'll decent bloke. Do you know? Yeah, I, I, do you always I, find that like you hear like someone like Glenn McGrath on TMS now, or you like like Slats or Ian Healy or any of these guys on commentary, and you think actually I quite like them. I quite like them. You hate them when they play, and then they retire. And you actually quite like them. Justin Langer's done the opposite. Yeah. Like, Justin Langer was one of, my son, one of my Somerset heroes. But he was that kind of player. So he was that. That yeah. was him as a player. He's, he's as a coach as he was as a player. He's abrasive. He's narky. He, you know, and, uh, you know, that's what Australia kind of kind of want. I don't, I don't yeah, I, I've actually warmed a little bit to Steve Smith during this series because of, because of like, Get out. He's taken the booing on the chin, the the little kind of smiles at, at players when they've taken his head off, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I hate that, by the way. That 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 <laughs> really? a leech bowled a ball at him, and it spat a bit out of the rough, and he just stood there with this look on his face, just nodding, <laughs> and, just, and his his leaves and his just is incredible incredible ability to occupy the crease now i have got nothing but admiration for his ability as a cricketer he just mentioned his name didn't we rich did i didn't um (laughs) his ability as a cricketer is not getting invited back am i his second second to (laughs) none yeah because we've got no one else (laughs) he is phenomenal but the way he leaves the ball makes me want to get a golf club and wrap it around his head it's the infuriating thing about it is that you feel like he must have nicked at least half of them when he's leaving them. Like that that weird last minute faffing around thing. Warner's got out twice that way where he's just 
He's left it a yeah. bit too late and it's just clipped yeah, but it's off. It's like every shot the that Smith plays through the leg side. You think, oh, LBW. Oh, and then you realise he's hit it. And then oh, yeah. you still don't. Learn. And it's gone to the boundary through square leg. Um, um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is obviously the next, the fifth test starts tomorrow. Um, and Jason Roy has been dropped, as has Craig Overton, who I've got a lot of, a lot of sympathy for. Um, Overton. He's played four tests and he's been dropped he's been three dropped times. Out. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so harsh. So they, he hasn't they, done they, much wrong, has he? They, they brought him in. He did the job they wanted him to do, and which isn't the type of cricket. They wanted him to, to try and be an, an enforcer. He did. He, it's not his role. I don't think he he's you know, probably good enough or has had enough um, overs to be to be jettisoned into a... A, a, a vital Ashes Test match when you've got Chris Wokes, who's a senior player, who's you know maybe he had a bit of a bad game at Headingley, but Jesus, come on, you know his record in England is is decent. You just, the amount I of don't... times that he's not actually bowled, I think it was yeah, it's weird Test where he weird. literally didn't bowl in the second innings. Bizarre. Yeah. All sorts of rumours about him not being hundred percent fit, but no one's admitting that. So yeah, know. it's Seems weird. But they've got, but they've dropped Roy and Overton. They've but they've bought in Curran and um, who they Wokes. Uh, Stokes is going to play as a specialist batsman because of his shoulder injury. So I, I assume that Stokes will bat at four, Curran will bat at seven, and everybody so, will just shuffle up one. So Butler will be at five and Bairstow at six. Yeah, but lose again. Oh yeah, I, I've I've no doubt. We I think we're going to. And the lose. sun, the sun looks like five days of sunshine. So well, Australia five, will need about three of them. Five days of sunshine means probably three and a half days of cricket. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we should try and bat first. Uh well, yeah. I don't even know whether that's a great idea, but yeah, just well, lose yeah. it by an innings. Try winning a try winning the toss. Um, shall we? Well, I'm. I was umming and ahhing about whether we had time for a any other business let's do like a 30 seconds each any other business rich um i'm pissed off at sky because i tried to record the kp episode where he's talking about um all the shit with him texting because i thought that actually be the most interesting one and they were showing all sorts of other random shit and every time i tried to record it so thanks for that sky haven't been able to watch it you got on demand I think uh, Virgin TV, so they're on demand, is weird and doesn't work properly on the Sky Sports app. Oh, savage. Uh, either way, pissed off. I'll watch it at some point, I'm sure, but it's just annoying. Yeah, I might be able to get that to you somehow anyway, but that's good. My any other business is slightly uh, cricket related as well. Obviously, the county championship is getting towards the. Uh, the very much the business end. Two points separate Essex and Somerset with three games to go. I think it's 14 games, isn't it? Um, this week's uh, Somerset are at home to Yorkshire. They're 269 for five in the second innings after beating Bowling Yorkshire after 103. Yeah, Somerset um, are going to win Essex. Three, 365 runs ahead. That's that's with two days to play. That's almost a guaranteed home win. Whereas Essex, 31 for one, chasing down 517 um, so that means Somerset will gonna will go top of the of the table should they win, which yeah. they probably will. Essex have got to try and get batting points somehow. Cooks out though, doesn't help. 
Yeah, uh, but it does, you know, the uh, the next team in third place are Yorkshire on 151. So, so uh, at least you're beating them. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll go just, just very quickly. quickly. Um, what sort of person who rides a bike through the city of London at breakneck speed puts on one of those masks to stop them breathing in air pollution but doesn't wear a cycle helmet? <laughs> there you go that's it I mean that's... hopefully they get knocked off that's just <laughs> fucking idiots in central London generally isn't it uh, just my little observation of the day um, yeah that will that will do us uh, there's we... plenty more that we are we not <laughs> even going to mention Sir Geoffrey oh, oh yeah Jesus well in done, fact Rich. let's mention Sir Andrew Strauss yeah ahead of Sir Geoffrey I'm more excited about let's, that let's, let's let's just very quickly, some of the the rhetoric that was going on about the whole Sir Jeffrey. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? I absolutely the fact that Theresa May has fucking resigned, right, but yet gets to write a list of people that she thinks should get knighthoods is quite simply. She's done this. She's done Jeffrey Boycott's knighthood just for the amusement factor on fucking, TMS. It's That's flab- all she's done. It's flabbergasting. The the, the a, a resignation from a prime minister gets to write some honours and take them to the queen and go. Oh, I think they. I think he should get a, a knighthood. And I think particularly um, it's all her mates. Yeah, no. up and failed to deliver Brexit. Whatever yeah. you think about Brexit, they have fucked that up properly. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's you know that's a whole different story. But boy, Jeffrey boycott and all of the shit being dragged up. Oh yeah, he's a wife beater. He's this. He's that. He's this. He's that. Yeah. Why can't people just go? You know what? Well done. He's a how, seventy how odd change, year old how man. How does it change people's lives? It does, yeah. It's it's it doesn't affect anyone else. The whole um, honors system is a bit of well, it's quite a large amount of bullshit now, anyway, isn't it? It doesn't really mean anything when lords and and sirs were actually mean something. You know, it was it was a, probably about three or four generations ago, wasn't it? If not more. Um, so yeah, who cares? Sir Jeffrey Boycott. You know, I'm more chuffed for for Sir Andrew Strauss if I'm honest. Yeah, I am totally. You know, that, I think that, that's the one that meant something to me, just with what yeah. he's done. Not not even about the cricket. Do you know what what he's done in the last year through the amount of personal grief he must be going through to just be able to use that for good. That that's what that's what he's done. Is it's like what Glenn McGrath yeah. did. Yeah. You know, to to just say right this this awful thing has happened to me and my family but i'm going to use the fact that i'm famous to do a huge amount of good love that yeah and i love the fact that's recognized and that, that that's what it mainly is because there, yeah. there, there's there's also oh, there's some bores about this that i couldn't even bother to re- reply to because i've made one comment i replied to somebody about this uh, basically someone saying why is andrew strauss got one and they're all going yeah, but yeah, but Treskothic was a better batsman. Or like, why is it just bore off? It's not just about that. And anyway, yeah, on that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Andrew Strauss of Jeffrey Boycott. There we go. Um, that was. Thanks for coming on and making a debut, Rich. Um, thanks for in advance for sticking a theme tune on the front and back and sticking it out, Russ. Yeah, um, this no was the long, long leg podcast. We might be back. Up. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, go well. No worries, bye.